Hello and welcome to the 320th episode of the Cue It Up podcast, the only podcast that comes with a money-back guarantee. I am your host, Jared. To my left is... Eric. Dave Bra- Wait, who is that? Hmm. I'm, I'm old man Dave. I've traveled back from the past, You've the done future. Better, You've done and better, sir. I'm telling you to stop the Cue It Up podcast. Old man Dave, get out of here. Jared, can I close his loop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. All right, guys, listen up. Uh, We're going to do a brief rundown of things we've been watching this week. After that, we're going to get into a spoiler-filled review of the 2012 movie Looper. So if you've not seen that, uh, come back. Go watch it on Netflix. Come back after you're done. Uh, With that in mind, let's talk about some things that we've been watching this week. Uh, I have something. Okay, go first. I watched The Matrix. You're going to have to help me with what the name is. Resurrections. Resurrections. Okay. Uh, this was a complete and utter failure travesty. It has been a long time since I've seen a movie so badly done. From Inception, every the, the movie is just awful in almost every respect. The only good things I can say about the movie is, uh, obviously, it is competently made. There, there's talented people behind it. Uh, also, and my favorite thing about the movie was uh, after I was done with the movie, I found out that uh, Keanu Reeves donated 70% of his pay to cancer research. So awesome. the movie, it almost makes me okay with the fact that the movie got made just because I'm like, all right, well, Keanu Reeves wins again. So that was dude's it, so great. So was it the older ones then that he did it to the special effects crew? The third movie, was I think he one? donated okay. 50%. Because like, he's done cut. this before. Yep. Yeah. So I I think what he does is he goes, oh, they want me to make another terrible Matrix movie. I guess I'll donate some money because I feel bad taking it. He's also a guy that is known for being rich, but like still like riding the bus and like not always. I'm sure. Look, I'm sure he has his indulgences, but like he doesn't live the life that a lot of people his wealth live. So I would say that's true. Uh, Evidence points. to So probably looking at that bank account growing more and more. You know, uh, with an unnecessary amount, he's probably like, "Yeah, let me just." Even I'll at thirty percent of his take-home pay, I'm sure he made some some good money. A little, a little he's for living the fans, a little better a little than us. Him. I'll yeah, say a little that. better. So, before I get into this, Eric, have you seen the movie? No, oh. and I should have. I just, I was, I was planning on it, and then I kept making plans, and then everybody hated the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and T- it just like take really your time has on this one. But on the same note, me. Uh, me and Jerry was at New Year's. We were at a New Year's party, mm-hmm. and I you asked me about it, and I didn't get a chance to defend it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not going to defend it because you're right; it's not a great movie. Mm-hmm. But there were some things I liked about it. I um, did. Uh, the first third of the movie is actually okay. The first third of the movie dunks on the entire concept. They make fun of how stupid and ridiculous all of this is. And what a complete money grab doing this is. It's basically a parody. And I actually enjoyed it. There's a there's a part where it's like a musical montage where Neo... Um, Not musical, the fact that they were all song and dancing. There was music playing okay. and then a montage was happening. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the White Rabbit it song. It is, right? right? Well, right. even Rocky yeah. had a montage. Even so Rocky had a montage. That's true. Uh, flashback last episode. And I enjoyed that stuff because I was like... They're they are answering everything I said about this. Like, why are we doing this exactly? Do we really need this? But then the movie does something that really irritated me. 
it spends a third of the movie just making fun of how stupid it is. But then the last two thirds tries to be a serious Matrix film. I'm sorry, you you can't do that. Okay, how how, how spoilish are we getting? Not a spoiler. Ho- at hopefully, all. not okay. very much because uh, I don't. Want yeah. To. Oh God, it's hard to say, but isn't that what the Matrix wanted? Uh, well, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, then I can't defend the movie if I can't let talk me, about let it. Let me ask you a question, Dave. Yeah. Um, this isn't spoilery, but I guess it. No, never mind. This is nothing that wasn't in the trailer. Do you think, Eric, let me go to you, that Carrie, uh, that uh, Trinity and Neo's love story is truly epic and you are emotionally invested in that part of the story? Would you say that okay. is a strong point of the Matrix oh, or a not strong point of the Matrix? It I is, can defend it, oh, this. Look, look, it, in the first three movies, it is a strong point of the Matrix. See? You listen. must be kidding no, me. No, no, no listen. We in the hurt, first, hold no, on. Sorry, sorry, in the Eric. first three movies, it is, but I don't care. You <laughs> are out of your... Well, then wait. Then you're... Then you're are backing you kidding up what me? I'm saying. We're, no, no. What I'm what? Okay. What I'm saying is in the plot of the Matrix, it's big in the Matrix. It is big in the movies. It just wasn't big to me to where I care. So, but I, what I'm asking was That's that not, a you, strong? You worded point? your question wrong. Was then. it a was it a benefit to the movies? The love That's, story. Okay, That's Trinity not what you asked. But That's not what you asked. Th- That's right, not what yeah. you asked. No, I don't. I don't. I personally, that was not what. Put put my butt in the seats for uh for the Matrix. Is right. it a benefit to the movie? No, but is it part of the original trilogy? Absolutely, it is. So that in this will probably be the good place to stop on this uh, with this kind of talk. Uh, I Jared doesn't see... believe in everlasting love. You heard it here first, Christy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I liked uh the Matrix trilogy. I think Matrix Revolutions specifically is pretty bad. Uh, but it's still a trilogy, and 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 it's done. I don't actually see this as part four of a series. I see a trilogy with a fourth movie. Are they making a fifth one, Resuscitation? Uh, they need to bring <laughs> back. Um, boy, this is a this is a minefield here. Uh, the duo that made the original film, only one of them. Made okay. this movie. Question: You gonna not watch any Coen Brothers movies anymore? If it's Coen Brother, here's the thing: I, I've always gotten That's the idea that both of those brothers are equally talented. I thought for a very long time that Wachowskis. both Wachowskis, the one that didn't make this movie, is the talented one. He used to, I don't, whatever. He used to go by the name Andy. The the guy that was Andy, the the bigger the bigger dude. I always thought he was the more talented of the two. And he from I don't maybe he was a consultant or something, but it is not co written and it is not co directed by him. Yeah. At all. Uh but again, well, I guess you're saying because you you think the the less the lesser of the two was involved. But I was gonna say it's not gonna stop me. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm like, oh man, the Coen brothers aren't making movies together anymore. But but still, it's like if I like the movie, I like the movie. I'm not gonna go into that. So I'm gonna judge the movie on its own. I don't yes. care who made it. I don't care if a different director that wasn't even part of the Matrix 
trilogy made it, and yet it is a great movie. Like that's not going to affect it for me. Agreed. So I I don't know, but it, so again, just from but what you've said from judging the movie movie on its merits, you don't like the no, movie. No, it's so. it's it's really really bad. Yeah. So and Dave, you're not even saying it's great. Oh you're no, just saying no it, you don't think not. it's. Well, I, will, okay. I I don't think I'll watch it again. I don't. I do think there was some interesting concept in there that could have played out pretty well, but. If this is like the start of a new trilogy, because mm. they left a they left it open at the mm. end. Spoiler. I'm not look, I'm not looking mm. forward to what this trilogy has to offer. So here's a question mm. that I guess you guys can't answer for me. Just don't answer anything specific to their characters. What? Because one of my hesitations and the internet's hesitation, obviously, too. People were talking about it. Um, how in, for the way that it played out while watching the movie? Did it feel weird to not have Hugo Weaving and Lawrence Fishburne? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it actually does lessen the experience. Yes. Mm. I was hoping. Let's face it, in the original trilogy, and this isn't a spoiler, but the Oracle dies before finishing the trilogy. Yeah. So they had to change that That's character. Different. That's you're talking this Dumbledore. Is com- this is completely different. And they don't even use the same excuses. As to why they they can't appear mm-hmm. in this movie, it's like they could almost have used that again, but they didn't, and it it makes it strange. Yep. I guess I don't know. All right, I, I was hoping that that wasn't a problem, but I was one I was thinking was going to be an issue, and you just basically said yes, it is an issue. Which I'm trying to find reasons to watch this film. Guys. Watch it. So That's I was up. I was up because you know I'm. If a, you have HBO Max, then it's well, free. Watch I'm it. a degenerate, right. and I was up when it launched. And I thought about starting it, but it launched at like two o'clock our time mm. and I had to work the next day. And I was like, do I really want to be up until like no. 4 a.m. and this, then go this to work? This movie is not worth, not worth it. No. But yeah, I just need to just press. This play is on a it. Saturday type of thing. Um, the only other thing I watched that I can recall right now was uh, Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Uh, just I premiered. Just watched the second episode. Okay. Uh, I, there's two episodes out so far in case you're listening to this in the future. Uh we did not record last week, so uh, I never talked about my impressions of the show. I think it's great. Uh, I think they've done a really good job. It fits the Mandalorian-type universe very well. Uh, I feel while the Mandalorian was definitely tried trying to ride a fine line of being for everybody, I don't feel that's what they're doing with the Book of Boba Fett. I, I think they're this one's more okay to not be super mass appealed, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not shoehorned into just being for super nerds like me. But I, I don't think they're shooting for mass appeal on this one. I like it. I do, too. Um, I, I, I am enjoying it until the last five minutes of this episode. Oh, I loved it, man. Okay. Yeah, but we can talk about that <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. It this. And I've been, I'm really, we've talked about this many times on the podcast where I am not a fan of the binge model. Mm -hmm. It feels like this is a novel though. And I wonder, this one actually might benefit from binge watching. Mm. Uh, Without spoilers, to say the least, there are two parallel storylines. And I feel it's going to godfather to it, you know, the whole way. And I just wonder, 
because uh, I, I I've been wondering what I know what you're talking about, and if all you had to do is click next episode, you probably wouldn't have thought much of it. Yeah, but now you're going to be holding with that weird scene for a week. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I recommend it highly. Uh, obviously, it's a Star Wars movie. I'm sure no one's super shocked. At Star me endorsing Wars show, it. not a movie. Jeff. That's true. That's you true. don't even Sorry. know your own that franchise. Man. All right. Well, that's it for me, uh, Eric. Uh, yeah, I know we had extra time, but I did a lot of gaming and a lot of listening to podcasts. So the only thing that I watched, I did watch some stuff, but it wasn't new. But I did my yearly Christmas uh, watch of... Uh, Die Hard one and two, <laughs> so uh, I, and now that I don't love three, in fact, three is one of my favorites. But it's not it's a just movie. it's not yeah, and and people debate on if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and that's become a, become a fun thing. Even even if it's not for Christmas, I just like watching Die Hard. So mm-hmm. like it's it's an excuse to watch it every year. Um, but yeah, the one that people never bring up is Die Hard two. Die Hard two is also a Christmas movie. Die Hard two is freaking awesome. Also. Um, it I is, it is not as good as one, but how can you expect it to be? It's like we talk about with Jaws. Jaws 2 is a good movie. It's not Die as Die Hard as 2 one. is much better than Jaws 2. Yes. And I but, like Jaws But what 2. I'm saying is Jaws is better than Jaws 2. Die Hard is better than Die Hard 2. Die Hard 1 is five stars. Die Hard 2 is four and a half. It's, that's a it's good, very, that's a good very, very yeah. good. Maybe not as good, but it's And Die Hard 3 good. is great. I mean, like, yeah, the, Die Hard, Die Hard was on a roll for a long, like a long time. Die Hard 3, though. With a vengeance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, like I've been saying it, it never gets brought up though, that, that, that Die Hard 2 is also Christmas themed. I mean, and people go, it's not a Christmas movie. It just takes place, place at Christmas. It's like, yeah, it takes place at Christmas, has all kinds of Christmas references. They play Christmas music <laughs> like throughout the whole day. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a Christmas movie. I like it. Yeah. I watched It's a Wonderful Life also. I also yeah. did. Yearly viewing did of you it. I watched the- it on Christmas Eve. Nice, me too. Yep. Did you have yep. the 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 Kleenex ready to to dab the old waterworks coming out of? You know what? Eyes? I take that back. I watched it. I woke up early before my family and watched it on Christmas Day. That's that's yeah. a good idea too. Did you I watch it watch with a your, Christmas Eve at night? Mm. Did you watch it with your family or no? just with uh, Christy? Just okay. with my wife. Have the? I mean, not that they're going to understand it yet, but I'm saying have the girls seen? I it don't yet? want them to see it. yet. You want to wait so they can yeah. experience it. Yeah. The, that's what I was going to ask. Was like, have they experienced it, or are you holding it back from them? Holding it back. Why doesn't Mister Potter get in trouble? <laughs> you know, I've thought about this for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know. I always said it because I knew it bothered you. Yeah, it, it sort should, of does. Should have got socked in the jaw. But Christmas uh, is supposed to be about forgiveness and and coming together. Well, he's not for, forgiven. I either. will tell you this. But I mean, but, but he never you gets want, caught. But you want vengeance. I will tell you this, Dave. <laughs> he may not suffer for it as in a way that you see in a movie normally. But Mister Potter's life is a punishment. Yeah. It's really hard to spend all that money. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. All right. Uh, Dave, what else did you watch? Uh, oh, not what else. You haven't even got to me yet. Uh, uh, that, I said that's all yeah, I Yeah, I thought he said yeah. that was it. Oh, and then I watched It's Wonderful Life. All right, you guys ready for this? Let's do it. I'm going to go through this fast. Uh, there's only two that I'm going to really talk about. But oh, this is your list of... Okay. Oh, my God. I was I like, what is this list? Are you doing a list of demands? Is this no. like a terrorist action? <laughs> so, I did watch uh, Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um I watched the Harry Potter 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I know you're not. Uh, how, how much crying is there? A little bit. Oh, Hagrid made me cry. He At least they that. waited a while. I, I, I watched the Game of Thrones one, and it's only been a couple name. years since Game of I Thrones. I forget his name, though. Uh, what's the that? guy who plays Hagrid. Coltrane. Yeah, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, Robbie right. Coltrane. Yeah. 
Oh, he, yeah, he said something. It's like, oh, Hagrid. <laughs> Terrible, man. I know, I know you hate Reed. Even the previews made me cringe, man. It's, it, <laughs> that stuff has got to stop. The self-congratulatory stuff. Yep. Yeah. All of uh, J.K. Rowling's interviews were from... They made made it very clear that they were from 2019. Oh. Very, very clear. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, I watched 8-Bit Christmas. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've seen this on HBO Max. I don't even... It, it's a movie, right? Yes. Is it a... Is it a real movie or is it just a bunch of random skits? No, it's a real movie. It's a lot of people on the cover of that movie. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, basically it's the story of a kid when he well, it's a father telling his daughter a story of the best Christmas he ever had. All right. And it's about wanting to get the original Nintendo entertainment system. All right. I and, can definitely uh, um, go and with that. It does. It takes a weird turn in the middle. Like. But that you wouldn't expect. They introduced the power glove. They did introduce the power yes. glove. But um, but it, so it it ends up being a different movie than what you think. But overall, I thought I enjoyed it. I'll watch it next year though. Okay. Um, I watched Ron's Gone Wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a lot of toys what from McDonald's Happy Meals from Ron's Gone Wrong. What are what what, what is happening? I don't Ron, know what these Ron's are. Gone Wrong is a, a an animated kids film. I've known a okay, and it was popular enough to be in uh, Happy Meals because I have again a lot of Ron's Gone Wrong it's, toys in my house. It was in theaters. It's on Disney Plus and HBO Max. I so. thought that was weird that it was on both. Yeah, that it was strange. Yep. But what? Is, first off, uh, well, let's go to Ron's Gone Wrong. What is exactly the plot besides um, besides all the toys that are in my house? So basically, it is. This There's a uh, lot of toys in my house. Robot though. buddy, you yes. kind of imagine an mm, Alexa, like, but it's like your friend. Buddies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine that. And a kid uh, that wants one, yeah. uh, gets one for his birthday. Does it want to be human? Uh, well, basically, his father buys it from a guy in the back alley, so it's oh. defective. What? <laughs> and right. so that sounds pretty good so far. And, you know, he is doesn't he the have dad any from Gremlins. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but um. It it doesn't work quite right, and so it's different than the other. So, wait, wait. Yeah. So it's a functioning Alexa. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's about the plot of the story. All right, and sounds it's good. About making how friends. good is it? It looks really it, good. It's pretty decent. Yeah, it yeah. looks really good. All right. Uh, I watched Encanto. Uh, my daughters, specifically my oldest one, have been obsessed with that movie. It's very colorful. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um. It does not look like one that I'm going to love. What did you think? I was expecting a Coco. Yes. And it wasn't that. Well, very few movies are. Coco is one of Pixar's best. It's, I don't know. It's okay. There was one thing somebody told me that really turned me off of the movie, and that's that there is no villain. That is true. It's a weird thing to do in a case. It, it's story. weird. There is a villain, but there's not. <laughs> there has to be someone to hate. Where can I focus my hate? Well, if I just could... from a storytelling perspective, it's there needs to be an antagonist and a protagonist. And, well, but a, but well, an well, antagonist is not always a villain. That's true. That's the true. if I have to say that without spoiling, the an- antagonist is drama within your own family. Hmm. 
None of I that. Don't think None I, of that in my family, boys. <laughs> yeah, can't relate. Uh, I don't think I've seen like the last four or five Pixar's. This is not a Pixar. This, this is, is not a Pixar. I thought it, I thought it still, was a Pixar. And once if it I started was a it, Pixar, I would have watched it already. Right. Yeah. Hmm. This yeah. is probably the next uh, Frozen slash Moana slash Encanto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Pixar, did you ever watch Soul? No, no I, do you oh, watch Soul? Oh yeah, holy! Cow, I haven't that's seen great one man. I haven't seen Onward. Soul. Onward's not that great. I, I haven't seen Onward's Coco. okay. It's not. Oh, I you didn't seen, see Coco. I haven't oh, seen see, Encanto. Watch Coco. Soul and Coco are freaking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, there's a lot of like animated stuff that I haven't watched recently. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, what's the uh, one he said in the middle? Um, Onward. Onward. That one was the it's one okay. that was, it was all right. Yeah, which is funny because that's the one that looks like it would be most geared towards stuff I like, right? <laughs> but yet it's the weakest one. Yeah, it was dude, okay. Coco is a masterpiece. Agreed. All right, um, let's get out of the kitty movies. I watched Venom. Yeah, out of the kitty movies, Jared. Venom is a sequel, <laughs> right? Uh, no, this is the first. Ven- now there was two Venoms. So there's Venom, the and then there's one. Venom. Let there be carnage. I've only watched Venom. So the movie you watched was the first one. Yes. Yeah, from a few years back. Which I, mean, I heard wasn't very good. You know what? It was better than the reviews made it out to be. <sighs> and this is not tied to the MCU, right? Mm, well, now it is. No. Yes, no. Oh, uh, I'm, I don't. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. No, I mean, here's not. the thing. Right. He's a Marvel character. It's just like with Spider-Man, they were split off like, you know, with Sony and stuff. Uh, but but yeah, they've been tying like all that stuff back uh, like around. Now, Dave, I will say this. My memory, I don't remember a whole lot. I remember not liking Venom himself because it was just a little too cheesy with the, like... It was pretty cheesy. Okay, it's it's a very cheesy... It's almost weird because this is what I think is weird about it. I think if that movie came out back in the, like, Tobey Maguire era, people would have loved that film. I would have probably liked that film. But, like, things have transitioned away to not be as goofy... And be yes, they'll have ones where there's jokes or whatever, but like things are taken more seriously now, and it's like a throwback style where it's like it's just kind of slapstick and weird and wild. Now I will say this: I liked Tom Hardy in it, even though Tom Hardy plays it weird, but he commits. He like he's playing he's it. Great, man. He's playing it, it goofy, mm-hmm. but like he's very consistent throughout the film with how he's doing it. But yeah, the movie itself, like I just didn't care, and that's a character that I really liked back when I was younger. Um, and then it, it, you know, I mean, we know that there's a sequel, Let There Be Carnage, so it's not a spoiler at this point. But like the f- end of the first movie has a little like you know tag on little thing where you meet like Carnage, and it's played by Woody Harrelson. And it, I'll say this in the first movie, Dave. Is that not terrible? It's terrible. The Woody Harrelson. The when he meets yeah, Cletus Cassidy. Like yeah. it's so it's pretty bad. bad. So I don't know if it's I don't know if maybe maybe he's great and they do the character good in the next I've one. I've never known know. Woody Harrelson to be bad in a movie. So it's like it's one of those things where the movie itself didn't entertain me. The action was really CGI. Like there's there's ones where it doesn't because again, think of two. If you know anything about Venom, he's a very fluid character in the way that like his suit moves. Mm-hmm looked really cgi like they don't try and hide it or or look i'm not saying that the hulk looks realistic but i mean he still looks like a person that's like blown up you know like they try and keep there's some things that kind of stay a little bit within the realm of oh i can see it the cgi in in venom is just all over the place it's like watching transformers there's no way to do it without with like the the robots battling or something like it's just it's all over the place robots pee on other people (laughs) i mean (laughs) 
I, I, to be honest, I could see Venom saying that he's 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 not a good. Uh, he's he he basically is like think of a little in the way they played in the movie, the symbiote of, of uh, he's like he sits on your shoulder and he's the the bad angel that's mm-hmm. telling you all the to- terrible things to do. Yes, yeah, yeah. That. but but yeah. yeah. So put it this way, I see every comic book movie there is i really waited on this one are you going to see the next one or was the first one bad enough that you don't want to see i found a way to watch this one for free finally because a friend had bought it i can't find the other one without ghost world ghost world yeah it's a comic book movie from back in the day i'm I'm thinking of the scarlet Scarlet johansson Mm -hmm. movie that oh yeah i've seen that it's a good movie okay he just wants to be like look i'm a comic book guy i've seen ghost world Got Steve Buscemi in it. I like that. Movie. All right, um, but yeah, oh, right. I figured if anyone was going to like this one, though, because I don't mean that. I actually don't mean this as an insult, but you tend to like a lot of like goofier stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought like maybe Are you trying to say Dave, Dave is stupid and he likes stuff that's stupid. I'm not trying to say that, <laughs> but but I mean, like, you know, if I look at if it, you're going to go with this style of movie. Give me a Deadpool any day of the week, right? But yeah, I was going to say if there's if there's someone who might have liked it a little bit more than the like you know the masses, like I figured you might have been one like someone who might enjoy it. Sean would be like another one too that like beginning beginning. The podcast, I mean that, like I mean it like in the same way that I mean like when I'm talking about the Transformers. I actually don't hate. I haven't seen many of them, but like I don't hate as much as I like to make fun of the Transformers. It's just not really for me. But the way that the 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 action moves, like when you try and follow what's happening in a fight in at least in the early Transformers movies, the camera's just all over the place and things are just spinning and twirling. And that's what was happening a lot from my memory in this movie. It's like that suit and that CGI just didn't do it for me. And on top of that. The plot was like it, it felt like a '90s comic book movie. Like yeah. it didn't feel like something that was current. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, Dave. What all else right, did you? Let's keep going. Uh, How to with John Wilson, season two. Watched all of that. All right, that's an HBO show. Great. Uh, I watched the Hawkeye show on Disney Plus. People really liked that. It, it, it was a good one. I heard it wasn't very uh, actiony. Uh, I can agree with that too. Yeah, it wasn't quite it wasn't as good as some of the other shows but still liked it there it was one, a christmas show yeah there was one star wars reference in the show so that's the only thing i know about so it, it. it re- it's redeeming right one character walks into another shop and they're playing are you guys aware that they made a star wars christmas album with anthony daniels really yeah <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah. So, by the way, Christmas that, that the reminds stars, me, because we did actually bring it up on this episode, too. You know, I, it's really weird to me that we did our review of Team America World Police and we didn't mention the Star Wars references. Hmm. Like, they literally have a cantina scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's like more than one. But yeah, yeah we somehow went through that episode without Jared mentioning that they uh, did some Star Wars references. Mm-hmm. I love those Star Wars references. All right. All right what else? Uh, I watched a documentary called Beanie Mania. Which yeah, is about the good. run of Beanie ma- this is Babies. This on uh, HBO, right? Wait, yeah. Of yeah. Beanies or of Beanie Bears? Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Yeah, you remember how big Hold those on. were, man? Beanie Babies, I don't which know were bears. Beanie. Not all of them were bears. But they were called Beanie Babies. They were called Beanie Babies. Yeah. Was there ever anything called Beanie? No, it was I Beanie Babies. Yeah. But they, they but were they shapes were of bears. I just sometimes. know them as bears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my yeah, mom that was, was into, a, my mom was into there was yeah. wasn't just your mom. Uh, it was now when I say that, if my mom look, didn't. If you go look behind over Jared's shoulder, you'll see a whole crate of Beanie Babies from my wife when she was having that Beanie Man. Uh, is that her, is that is that Sweet. your retirement fund? <laughs> so, yeah. It's from my retirement it's, grease. It's coming back. 
Uh, That's a season nine Simpsons uh, reference for all you folks out there. Uh, Anything else, Dave? Uh, Yeah. So finally, we'll get to the two that I actually did want to talk about. All right. Uh, There's one was there was one great one that I absolutely loved that I saw. And then one that was absolute garbage. We'll start start with with the garbage. Garbage first. I watched Home Sweet Home Alone. Why? (laughs) On purpose? (laughs) On purpose. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Uh, I got a Disney Plus app. What number was this in? No, no, no. And uh, this is number six. Six, but, but only two were Macaulay Culkin, right? I I there watched was, who's it. Who's in three? Anyway? Nobody. Okay, a blonde kid. Anyway, dude. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm trying to. I'm trying I to see how far removed from Macaulay Culkin because of like the number of people that like I really like in this. <laughs> Um, oh, I thought you were going to say that recommended it. No, to no, you. no. That I really like, like the actors in it that okay. I really, Who's really enjoyed. Um, I'm going to pull them up, but one is um, from 30 <laughs> Rock, Dr. Leo Spachemin, Dr. Spaceman. Uh, he's also Jerry and Rick and Morty. What is his name? Oh, um, is okay. that Parnell? Yes. Yeah. Parnell? Chris Parnell? Chris, Chris Parnell. Parnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, he was in it. Uh, Ellie Kemper, who plays okay, Kimmy like Schmidt. Kemper. I like yeah, her a I've lot. I've always liked her. Um, it had so you've seen the movie Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Yes. The sidekick, the pudgy kid with glasses. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was the kid, and I liked him in Jojo Rabbit. Not so much in this. But what? did you not know it was going to be that bad? No, I knew. Uh, Pete Holmes, I like him. Keenan Thompson, I like him. Andy yeah. Daly, like. Not it was a bunch con- of names. Did where I any thought, of them donate any money to cancer research? By the way, so. <laughs> not to be confused with John Holmes, right, Amanda? So, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Wow. But yeah, <sighs> so, that's an old episode reference. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. So I saw a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. I did actually look up the reviews beforehand and saw how bad it was. It was mm-hmm. only like a seventeen percent. Yep. And so then I just wanted to watch it to see how bad it was, and mm-hmm. boy, was it bad. The trailers. They couldn't even hide how bad it was from the trailers. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. The other movies are fun and funny because bad things are happening to bad people. Yes. This one is bad things happening to good people because of a misunderstanding. (laughs) It's different. And then they all become friends in the end. And and trust me. Trust. I don't care if I was going to marathon the... (laughs) Trust me. Uh, three, four, five. What is happening to these people is just as bad as what happens to Harry Marv in one and two. Mm. So good it's old, it's good old crazy. Wet and sticky bandits. Yeah, do, are they the dry bandits in the third one? Like is the like the progression? Need to be. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, here's a question because this is something I do wonder. So obviously Macaulay Culkin didn't go on. Did they keep the characters uh, of of Marv and them, but like have different people no, play? So, no. or do they just remove those characters? No, they put in new characters. So it's all new characters. Yes. Okay, yeah. I, to my knowledge. Oh wait, are any of these characters never... Kevin McAllister after two? No, no. So okay, so even though they continued on, they at least have the decency to like make new characters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like soft reboots or whatever you want to look at them. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. Uh, what was the one that you like? Let, let's wrap it up with the greatest movie of this year. Okay. All right. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, All right. Of course. Oh, man. This was so much fun. I'm glad I you wish like I it. could just spoil everything. In fact, you know what? I'm going to spoil everything Don't right do now. It. Don't oh, do it. Let me do it. Don't do no. it. No. Uh, you, know, you know the setup. Mm-hmm. You know pretty much. I mean, the internet's all they, they were talking about. And I've been avoiding it. So. And this was probably one of... I, I, it's coming to be probably the most profitable profitable movie of all time 
It is. That's not possible. It is exploding. Just by the very nature of the world we live in right now, that's not possible. Well, it is. People are seeing this. Yeah, I'm drones. sure they are, but this isn't even going to be... I haven't been looking at numbers this Like, this can't even beat an Avengers film. No way. I think it did. How, that cannot be true. But I think it did. Uh, Dave's looking it up, so... Uh, <laughs> He's trying to prove you wrong. I, I don't know. I've not paid attention. So I, the, the I, I world we this, live in. I heard about a record happen. that it was breaking, but I assumed it was like a, a post COVID record, not yeah. a like a, a an all time record. I don't even know what the number was. So I can't even speak. Okay, to so it. it does have the b- weekend box office debut record for what? Uh, for the opening weekend. So for for, for, of for any opening weekend for yes. Friday Saturday ever. Friday. Yes. What, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before, before Dave Just says... a second. Yeah. Before Dave shows that he's wrong, what, did, Jared, do you know what the previous record was? It was Force Awakens, I believe. No, like the number. For, for opening weekend. Uh, that I don't know. 245, something like that? Uh, well, this one was 260, opening weekend. What what was the stipulation that they put on it? Yeah, you were um, about to tell us how you were nothing. wrong. Nothing. It says, despite growing worries over the COVID-19 variant. It so it just legitimately is the number one. Interesting. Uh, well, it, and now it's saying the second biggest box office. How I'm just going to slap an asterisk on everything Dave's saying here I, and just say take it with a grain of salt. Well, I will say this. We also live in a world where there's not a lot of movies in a theater. So it's possible that this the Cineplexes could give it, you know, way Put more it in screens. extra screens. Yeah, and, yep. that's possible. Um, well, and I'm happy for it. Not only that, but while I've been a, obviously, I've just not gone along for the ride. Uh, I like to see him get it right. Yeah. I've not enjoyed hearing like people not liking the internals and right. uh, the other ones. So I'm glad to hear a bunch of people are happy about it. And what what, what was weird is this was like, so far, every Spider-Man movie has been a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. This one technically is not. This is Sony taking it back. But still having permission from Disney to use some of their characters. So it's weird how this all plays out. Wrap, but, wraps the mind, man. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it was awesome. Good, man. Awesome. I was so here. happy. All right. Then I say that we uh, get into the movie of the week. The movie of the week that I picked, which is, uh, by the way, again, my final pick for this podcast, uh, is Looper. Uh, came out in 2012, currently holds a 93% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It was made on a small budget of $30 million and pulled in a box office of $176.5 million. How is this movie made with $30 million? I'm going to guess some stars took some pay cuts and okay. stuff like that. And um, also pre... Uh Pre, you know, uh, Star Wars fame, he was known as the uh, the indie guy. So mm-hmm. yeah, this was his stepping out, really. Uh, yeah. Brothers, Brothers Bloom's a um, it has big people, that but line, that's still but like a, still indie, yeah. uh, mostly. Um, uh, I, I already referenced it, but it will we'll spill it out as we've done for the last couple episodes. Uh, we are ending the Cue It Up podcast. Uh, I this is my last pick. Davis had his last pick. Eric's going to have his last pick, and we'll come back for one more episode after that. Uh, so just be warned of that, guys. Let's go around the room and give our star ratings for Looper. 
Uh, I think this is an absolute knockout of the ballpark. It has almost everything I could ever want in a film and more. Uh, this is a five-star film for me. Absolutely amazing film. I don't think there's any surprise. You know that I love this movie, so uh, I'm going to agree with that five stars. There's some things I don't like about this movie, actually, but I'm still going to give it five stars, but there, there, we'll get into the one or two things that I'm okay. not big on. But Dave, let's get into some things that you do like about okay. this film. Uh, what do you like about uh, this film? Drop the word time travel and I'm in, but uh, I like the the consequences that are put in place with this time travel. Yes. Um, they have, they set up some rules right away for the, for the loopers, what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And you see what happens when they break those rules. That and, scene with Paul Dano. Uh, it's not Paul Dano. It's the old Paul Dano, mm-hmm. who is the guy from Spider-Man three. Uh, what's that dude's name? He's from sideways. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Uh, that's not him. That's not uh, Thomas Hayden uh, Church, whatever. You sure? Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's it's not. What's not his it? name? Frank Brennan. Yeah. That's Interesting. Not, that's not him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, but but the scene where he's like climbing dissolving the fence. and yes, all that. Literally awesome. Falling apart as he's. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. That's a good preview. Uh, ooh, wow. That was a weird pressure in my nose. You were saying? Yeah. So that that's one of the biggest things about this movie that i really enjoy i think jared just got a memory he, he's uh is jared from the future yeah jared are you, is your looper kicking in what happened man like experiencing a, a double timeline right now yeah um yeah no i i so um that is not it's still the beginning of the movie but that's not the opening scene or anything they've gone a little bit in i will say this the the first third of this movie does an excellent job about cleverly showing you details you need to know and about how the world works, Um, including, you know, just the concept of what a TK is Mm -hmm. like. They do a really good job about not feeling like an info dump, but giving you stuff that's going to be huge and important later with that. The way the rules of the of the world there. Right. Very, very good. Uh, What about the camera work? I love that. Like that scene in the. The shoot when when Ryan Johnson lets Bruce Willis go, John McClane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part where like the camera just slowly like pans to the right and all that. Uh, it doesn't pan. What does that do? It's I guess it moves on a swivel. I don't know what you call that. Holy cow, man! I love that uh, shot. There's so I mean, like thinking of that same scene too. Just the craziness of him falling apart, and he's trying to hit the the gas and the brakes, and his feet are falling off, and like, yeah. like everything is just you know he's you're seeing you you saw his nose get sliced off and go actual Tyrion instead of uh, you know a TV show Tyrion. Yeah, um, for anyone that gets that reference, That's right. and then uh, uh, one of the things I love too is like when he makes it to the door and he's like pounding on it. He doesn't even have hands, and you know by that point he's just like his clothes are like falling off of him. The the camera and if I remember right, it is completely blacked out. All you see is a hand come out and mm-hmm. that big gat. So you see Kid Blue, but I don't think you see his face right there, right? I think it's just the hand and the gun, right? Well, right. and you see in the background them doing well, surgery on him. Well, they show that, him. but I mean when it shoots him. Yeah. The first thing you see when the door opens up is just darkness and then a gun come out and shoot him. Like, uh, and then yeah, then they ugh. It, it, yeah, it, like it's it's something because there's so many other cool things. I don't really 
my mind doesn't really focus on the camera work. But yeah, the camera work is amazing in this. It's so good. Um, I would love to see a movie set inside the Looper universe. Like, I, I would be perfectly okay with like another let's keep story. going. Uh, I, and it's great. Like, he's got this telekinesis stuff going. Well, you you know what you totally could? Because, I mean, obviously, we talk about spoilers in here. So, we're, we're I'm going to talk Full about spoilers. the way the movie ends. But, uh, yeah. So, the idea of... Because we, we know what the previous timelines were supposedly supposed to be, even though we see, like, more than one timeline. Uh, in terms of coming back to that world, it would be cool to see a good Sid, an adult Sid... Like as the you know the rainmaker, but not in an evil way of mm-hmm. like cleaning up the world or cleaning up the town. Awesome, yeah. Heck, it could be a superhero film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rainmaker thing was a cool aspect to me, where I wonder. I was like, the first. I, I'm trying to remember the first time I watched it, but I, I, I I'm going to assume I did this because I was thinking how cleverly it do- it's done in this movie this time I was watching it, where it's like, why do they call him the Rainmaker? That's a really interesting thing. And then, like, when you realize why, it's like, oh, that is so cool. Like, not only that, that shot is really cool uh, in a dark, horrible way. But uh, I love that actor. It's happening, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great. That, that played Jesse in this. Uh, mm-hmm. He's great. Mm-hmm. But being lifted up, it almost, it reminds me a lot of uh, Dr. Manhattan uh, mm-hmm. from the Watchmen uh, series. Yeah, I can think of that. Yeah. Well, I love, too, because, again, as it's happening, we're, we're told, and he's we're told that he's a good guy, not as good as one of they can be, because, like, he is still a criminal and shoots people. But what, what, what um you know Joseph Gordon Levitt's character says what Joe says about him is he's like he's a good guy like he he doesn't cross the line for right. crossing the line's sake he's there to do a job but he's just going to do that job he's not there to hurt anyone that he doesn't have to but there is that that sense of no he will shoot you if you if he has to Absolutely. and he says he's the best shot that there is so that's what i love about that scene is they're all vulnerable to him to Jesse but the whole room is lifting up. It's even before he lifts up. She sprints and tackles Joe yeah. and carries him out the door. And you see Jesse not react. Just watch them leave in this sense of under like it's a slow realization yes. that he's in great danger. Yeah. So like that look of like he doesn't try and make a move at them and they miss a, sh- a bullet. I love that he doesn't fire and she tackles him and a bullet misses. He is just so locked in fear because he cannot comprehend what's about to happen to him. But he sees that when because again when he realizes she didn't catch the kid, she caught Joe to get him away from right. the kid. That look of realization and right before he like. Explodes well, and it's in such blood. a cool set- setup. So, like early on in the film, we're told that for some reason this world has uh, telekinetic powers, but it's it's all pretty lame. Uh, and of course, something has to come of that. You just don't introduce a concept right. like that for yeah. no good reason. Well, he, you know what he was doing? He was just showing that he can make a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's, it's Jedi <laughs> force stuff. Yeah, he's just Fair enough. you know, it's just some Jedi uh, moving some stuff around. Love. Uh, Love me some Sid is hi- had a high midichlorian count. That's all. All right. Yeah. Uh, so when you get to that scene when the kid like gets really mad at his mom, uh, and she goes and hides in that safe. safe. Yeah, it's just one of those. That is a weird moment that I love, but also like it makes 
perfect total uh, sense for the film. On I the have album. a question for you then, because mm-hmm. I love that scene. I love both scenes we just mentioned. I, I can't imagine not having that scene because it creates such a sense of fear of, of expectation when she goes and hides in that safe. Mm-hmm. But when he actually does lose control and he shows why he's the rainmaker, do you feel like some of the sense of surprise and, and shock is gone? Because we see how he does it, but we are already aware that he has... We, we we figure out by that point, especially by her hiding in there, that he has he's the reason that his mom or not his mom, but what he thought was his mom, his aunt uh, mm-hmm. died, and we know that he's dangerous enough that she has to go protect herself in in that safe. So like, do you feel like it detracts I from that scene? I think the only reason because you've put your characters into a no win scenario, right? You have mm-hmm. this guy, he's got the gun, and he's an extremely good shot. If the characters are going to escape that uh, event, you need to set up what will ultimately get them out. To me, if you don't have that scene, him coming down the stairs and him exploding does not feel nearly as satisfying because it has been properly set up twice. It's been a very low-key introduced, and then there's been a sort of there's something going on here moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But also his mom is a TK as well. And mm-hmm. so it kind of shows that like, OK, well, maybe he has. And not some of these for that too. direct scene, but just mm-hmm. talking about that where we're talking about they set this stuff up. The idea of that scene where she's in bed and she's really doing stuff with a lighter. And and so so could you not know what I'm talking about? So after they have uh, uh, relations. Um, you know, I, was, I was wondering about that. I was I didn't remember there being a scene where they got married. all right i I missed something right uh anyway uh so after they they, had they traveled back 30 years to get married before they they had they uh bill and ted it yeah Uh, okay well after they just laid all night and only cuddled (laughs) that's right um she she has uh that's that cool scene which again knowing where the movie's going it's really cool setup because we've seen the mild tks and how it's Mm. just useless and we've been told that it's like People use it to try and get girls and like whatever, but it's really not that impressive. And so she's flipping that thing all around and he turns someone who knows about it and goes, mm-hmm. wow, like that's really good. So we see that like there is a progression genetically where it's not just like Sid was just a random occurrence, but his mom already was kind of on the verge of like breaking through to that yeah. like power, but he's just like on another level. So I love that there's that setup there. And also just the story is cool because like when she says that, to mess with the guys that were trying to hit on her, she would just hold their quarters down so they couldn't couldn't perform. She's like one guy popped a blood vessel. <laughs> uh, right. Like it's just a great character. Like you know, guys, so, I'm gonna have to admit that part went over it. my head. I, I remember everything that you're saying, but I never, I did not make the connection. Well, because again, you get little glimpses. I had to watch the last half of this film in a little bit of a hectic. So before way. coming back to like raise Sid, she was a wild thing mm. that's why she can help joe in this scenario right. is because she doesn't judge him in the same way that someone else would now she is she's still about protecting so she's not going to let you know just any person just around the kid like it takes a little bit for her to warm up to joe but she's not a she's not like adverse to joe being there because he's a drug addict or because he does illegal things mm. she's coming from a past even though she looks like she's got it all together 
she gives you hints that she had like did not live a good life in the city. Um, and so in the same way that, that, that other interest that he has that he tries to like pay for her and her kid. And she's like, how about we just keep it to services rendered? Like, like, you know, that one, it's like not saying that she was a, you know, I'm not trying to say that, uh, Emily Blunt's character was like a prostitute. I'm just saying she was wild. We get glimpses of it. So it's, I I thought that that's like good character building. Like I really thought it was cool. Um, Dave, do you have anything else you want to touch on? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about my uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, when they're in the cafe and they're kind of talking about it's one of my favorite too. Yeah, where they're t- talking about like their fu- like the future mm-hmm. and how he has to, and um, you know, go like meet his wife and mm-hmm. everything. And basically, he's like, "Well, if you want to save her, just show me your picture, and I'll walk away." And, you know, just uh, that interesting. But the scene that I love the most is when they start shooting at each other. And as they're running out, like, all of a sudden, Kid Blue and Joe are both going after Bruce Willis. Right. And then all of a sudden, when he gets away, all of a sudden, they turn on each other. They realize that he's there. Right. (laughs) Well, well, hold on, because I actually wanted to talk about that beforehand. Because the way I actually like the way that the movie initially makes it feel and then something is said later that kind of undermines it a little bit. So the idea that he, because they show up or whatever, and then like he stands up right next to him, isn't afraid because mm. there's no moment of like, I should really make sure I'm safe. He's shooting just with them. They're all together. And it's like this realization that, that he lured, like he was in on it. Like he lured them there and he already told kid blue and abe and all of them that like look i'll prove it to you i'll make him show up to someplace he thinks he's safe Mm -hmm. and then you guys can show up and we'll get him and that's what it feels like it's executed like that all that but then there's like a scene later with like abe and kid blue where he says oh i showed up i i tracked his bike we showed up they basically say in that scene that they were not that was not part of the plan so that scene feels weird to me when they stand up and they are a team because there is no hesitation. There's no moment of like, I'm in danger and they they kind of have a moment, a look of truce or whatever. It's just like it really felt like it was him. His part of his plan was to, to you know, betray uh, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not what happened. I actually like it better if that is. Because he grows, I mean, that character grows over time. For most of the movie, he does not care about Bruce Willis. He's really, like, he doesn't care what happens to old Bruce Willis. He is trying to close the loop and basically just make this stop. Like, he wants to get back to his life. Yeah. So it's like the idea that he would sell, we've already seen that he would sell his best friend under the bus for half of his silver, right? Which is a terrible scene. Because it's a terrible scene That's because... That's what we it, call character arc. It is. Sir. But it's a terrible mm-hmm. scene because it makes him admit something about himself that he knows, but he doesn't want to admit. Right. And it's that there is a line where he, that, it, you know, he is more important Absolutely. than the people around him. Absolutely. He doesn't care for other people the same way that he That's cares about... writing is what Because especially the way that the movie, you know, ends. Um and you talk about unwinnable situations, like in t- terms of his full closure of that character arc, right? The idea that, I mean, he's presented with the, in in, in a sense, the Kobayashi Maru, right? Mm. It's an unwinnable situation. He doesn't have anything to get. We've, we've been told, we've seen that that blunderbuss he has only goes a couple feet. It's not good. They, he's not going to be able to stop Bruce Willis from shooting the mom or taking a shot and what he sees mm-hmm. as like, 
you know, what sparked the, 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 the criminal entity that was the Rainmaker. And so, like, his solution is to do the least selfish thing of all, which is to kill himself to right. save others. So it's like, it is that culmination of it. So I, it's like, I love that they set that up multiple times. But again, I just don't like that. It, it, I feel like the movie is stronger if he does betray Bruce Willis in that diner scene. Like, if it, that was his intent, not if he does it, you know, to, yeah. to, to hop on the bandwagon. I don't know. I, I thought it was weird. Uh, Dave, you were, I thought you were building to something that I loved in, cause I am obsessive about the rules in time travel. <laughs> okay. I, I was going to bring this up, right. how he kind of starts to go over the rules. He's like, look, if we start thinking about <laughs> we'll this, be here forever. we'll be here all day. So <laughs> I love it. Cause I'm just like, that is Ryan Johnson, the director and writer of this film. Just being like, listen, I know that if you look deep enough, you will find all the holes, but please don't, because it's just meant to be fun. So I love it. I know, but we do think about these things. I do, but it, so, so I go with here's it. Here's something that I've put thought to, and maybe, and I've not put enough thought to this recently. I know I thought about this back when we were obsessed over this movie many years ago. Mm-hmm. But upon watching this, I put a little thought to it, and I really didn't come to a conclusion here. But in my mind, it doesn't quite line up. So, so many things do. I love the, I, I love the idea of rewatching that same scene and seeing the initial timeline when Bruce Willis, because he initially, he shoots old Bruce Willis. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. He gets his money and that's what he goes on this, you know, drug induced, uh, you know, craziness. And then he like joins like even, even a darker, like, you know, actual legitimate like mob, yep. um, like all this stuff. We After see that gone. we see the initial transition of what happened to Bruce Willis before his wife was killed by like the rainmakers, like people, right. Accidentally. So that's that's the initial timeline. It's cool. Everything lines up up to that point. Everything you've seen, even the Paul Dano stuff makes sense. Like everything, the way that the, 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 the idea of a looper works, mm-hmm. works. But my question is, they created the Rainmaker, right? No. But here's the thing. In that timeline, did someone else kill... Did someone else kill Emily Blunt and then he grew up alone? I'm going to assume he probably ends up killing his mom at some point, Eric. It, the first timeline where we watch uh, Bruce then what's Willis different? live out his he could life. still do that. Uh, the first timeline where we watch Bruce Willis live out his life, right? Uh, his life has never interfered by the going-ons of... So it is the events of meeting Joe that causes him to... Or causes him and his mom to, to raise Sid differently? That's how I would interpret it so in the initial timeline that we don't see she just randomly kills his mother and then lives a life alone and becomes he, a door he has extreme person. anger issues okay. and he's extremely I'm okay with that kid. i don't know if that's what they're trying to say but i could see that so I'm, I'm okay with that but that was my question i'm like we're basically shown that they create their actions create the rainmaker that's the thing at the end where he has that realization you know what i thought speaking of like I guess there is at that point, if he's already, we've already known that he killed a, a kid. That scene is great, by the way, when he kills him and he doesn't disappear. So he knows he shot the wrong kid. Yes. Mm. Oh, and he uh, cries. It's like, moments like that, that separate, because this, I've always, I've been having very hard problems with big budget science fiction, you know, massive spectacle movies. And it's because they don't have moments like that. Like you, you would have a scene where a man would shoot the child and blah, blah, blah. You would not have a scene where he just cries by uh, an overpass. 
Hmm. Like stuff like that. That's the moments like that seem to get lost inside. And yet fiction. gathers himself and is willing to do it again. He ends sure. up not needing to. Well, because he thinks as soon as he does what exactly he needs to do, it all goes away. So it, the whole reality is going to dissolve. So he can kill these kids because it is no. worth it, right? No, that no. His no, that kid stays dead. He he does that kid doesn't get someone a time travel to come back and save him. He kills that kid. Fair enough. Yep. He kills that kid, but he's doing it in the greater good in the idea of that that it will cause this rainmaker to never exist. And not just whatever family he's ruined, he's imagined he's ruined a lot of families and, mm-hmm. and a lot of things. So it's like he's killing one to save many. But he realizes that the kid he killed, he got it wrong. Like he he had three a list of three. Mm-hmm. The one that he went to first was the wrong one. So he has to come to grips with that. But then he still steals himself and readies himself to go kill the second one. That's and right. then still finds out that it's which I, I will say that of a movie that I loved, probably my least favorite thing is the coincidence that one of those kids is the girl of the, uh, someone he likes. I like, would agree, Dave. Is like. that one of your problems? Uh, no, that I mean, I agree though. I, do I agree, agree, but I will say this: it makes it harder choice for him, so it makes for a cool moment. But yes. it is a high, like it's a big coincidence. And also, there's the added benefit of that loser. Uh, character of Kid Blue being in there is being able to track him and it's a logical reason why he's able to have done it so I agree that it's it's a, a big enough of a coincidence that it bugs me but he does a two things to add on to it that help me just go okay I'm good with it but um, I know, okay, so roundabout what I was getting to is that final scene where he shoots himself, right? What I thought in that moment, I, I remember the first time I watched this, I thought the resolution was going to be that even though he can't do anything, he's out of reach, he's, he's whatever, is he stands there and he has the realization of the, what, of the terrible cycle of the bad loop that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. And how their actions only perpetuate and can cause like all this stuff. But in that moment... If he knows that, mm. then old Bruce Willis knows that too. So I thought even if it didn't make him stop, it would make him pause long enough so this. that jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt could get to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like he could cross the distance or whatever. But the fact that young Joseph Gordon-Levitt had a realization that it's his fault, yeah. that old Bruce Willis would pause because he, he had that same realization, which they didn't go that route. I love the route they went yeah. because it's even more he makes sure that it cannot happen. Like there is still a chance that Bruce Willis kills that kid and he's not willing to take that chance. So I love that that is the way the movie felt like I was being led to because we've seen it happen and they spent all this stuff about like, you know, knowing what I, what you know, as you know it um, kind of thing. So it's like, I felt like I was being led down that way and then it goes a different route and he shoots himself. I was not expecting him to shoot himself in that moment in the movie. Yep. Yeah. But it's the logical thing. It is. It's the logical solution. Let me ask you guys yep. if you agree with this part too. Um, Bruce Willis is uh, forgetting his wife yeah. the first time that Joseph Gordon Levitt sees. Trying to remember well, her face. Right. Trying to because remember his future. Right. The first is time changing. I see her face. Yeah, yeah. so basically. Because is he's falling like, in love with Emily Blunt. Okay, that's what I thought. Was so going in, on. in the original timeline, he never met Emily Blunt. Right. Right. But it is the interactions that these that he himself has caused because it's old Bruce Willis that is causing this. Mm-hmm. Through that, young Joe met this girl, mm-hmm. and he's falling in love with that girl, and it's erasing the future that he ends up because he doesn't need to end up with his wife. It's so, it's so good, brilliant. Uh, I just love the fact that this movie presents us 
with the same character being the hero and, and the, the villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in I the same feel, movie, not pulling a Terminator. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I feel for both of them. Yeah. Like I, I, while he is gone to a place that I won't go with him, I still, in almost like a Walter Whiteish way, feel for the Bruce Willis character. Yeah. Um, and we're also presented with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as not a super good guy, but good a guy enough that I'm I'm able to attach to him but still have movement so that I believe he would become Bruce Willis if the circumstances were correct, but also that he could end up making the right decisions that he ends up making in the course of this film. That is some brilliant, brilliant writing. It's There's just so much that, again, if you do want to scrutinize, and that was my main one was considering that what we're shown, he creates the rainmaker. Is that a, is that a problem? But I see what you're saying, which is, and I'm okay with that. That's there's a little times where you and your effort to make a movie make sense, mm-hmm. have a little hand wavy uh, about what actually happened in the yes. movie. I think this is not that case. I think that fi- what you said fits and would be a r- realistic situation. It's just in so many, si- in so many scenarios, possible solutions, you know, bring bringing up a, uh, a uh, Doctor Strange and every out possible outcome, so many of them, Sid is going to be bad, yes. right? But in this one, he they find one that hopefully ends he's with given him an example uh, to of, be good. of selflessness and, right. and yeah, sacrifice. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the only other thing I was going to mention uh, as far as liking is uh, we did the one moment where Bruce Willis. Uh, shoots the kid and then cries on under an underpass overpass or whatever it's called. Uh, there's another moment again where I'm just like, this does not happen in it's not typical big budget movies. She, she goes and hides in that safe. And then after it, she walks back into that room. The boy is sleeping after his temper tantrum and the hug, uh, and the sorry, ma, uh, uh, I'm sorry or something like that. I'm telling you, man, that is such a good moment. Now, that might just be from me being a parent and understanding that dynamic that exists there a little bit. It's also that even in something like that, right, which is craziness, that that even even that still can't break the bond that is the the parent relationship. And and like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Throughout a lot of the movie, he calls her a liar. He says he calls her Sarah. He doesn't want to admit that she's his mom. Kana. But when (laughs) when he's really distraught when he's really uh, sorry there's multiple moments in this movie where he says mom and that's like i think if i'm right he says mom in that scene does too. he say it i think oh, he does because he yeah, says it before a, the end but it's only when he's so sorry that like they have a like a moment where they they hug or where they do whatever but in normal like in 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 the way he wants to think of it in his mind the way he's intent on thinking it of is she's a liar she's not my mom hmm. and it's almost too like it's almost like avoidance of because again, he remembers. He hopes that he doesn't remember his old mom, but it's like he he remembers. So it's almost like by admitting that like the situation didn't happen the way it did, it's like taking blame from his young self away. Mm-hmm. That like, well, I didn't kill my mom, and that was my mom. This isn't my mom, and like, it's this not accepting reality as it stands. You know, so it's like those moments where he like lets that go and just like calls her mom because she needs to be called mom in that moment. Like, it's pretty also. Great having had kids who've had temper tantrums and the way that they hug you harder after they've been mad at you is 
it's a powerful thing. Yeah. And the fact that this was captured in this movie in a science fiction Well, movie on that note, may your children get mad at you many times, Dave. Uh, is, is <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. you got a safe in your house, Jared? I do. <laughs> 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 There's been a couple of times where maybe I would have needed them if they were telekinetic. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, uh, boys, that is it for me. Does anybody have anything else as far as liking that they wanted to bring up that's not been mentioned? Dave? Kind of no, no. I, Eric? I, so I don't. I, I do want to mention something. It's really not a like or dislike, but I don't think it fits in the dislike, so I do want to mention it. Okay. Um, I have a, a, another question for you guys, because I still, even upon this watch, I, don't, I feel like I'm missing something. I love the, the dynamic that, that Kid Blue and Abe have. So Kid Blue is the 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 screw up the, screw the Gatling up, yes. uh, yeah. kid, right? The one that they have the showdown with at the end. The kid with the the gun, and then Abe is the leader of the gang, the one that they have the shootout with at the end. Like the one that says, "Like oh, I put a gun in your hand, kid." Like so, with Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Didn't even Let's mention, mention him. Jeff Daniels is, is so freaking awesome in this movie. Yeah. And he is such a great character. This idea that he's this man from the future and he's such a screw up that that was his job. Oh. But like he tries to like, you know, you know, I'm from something. the future, right? You should go to Tokyo. No, is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you should go to China. He's China, like, because exactly. he's like, well, I'm going to Paris. He's like, mm, you should go to China. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, the idea that even though uh, Joe is wearing clothes that we think is normal, it's him being a hipster. Mm hmm. It's because he wears a tie and he wears uh, clothes. And also, I, de- I I never really made that connection. I was like, oh, he had it. But he drives a, 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 a an old classic car. But for him, it's a Miata. Mm-hmm. Like, but he's like. Which is a not typical yeah. of a, what a dapper man. No, but for like. Age but again, drive. But it, no, what I, what I mean is it's not even that. I just mean it's a car from our time. Mm-hmm. But they're in 2044. So or whatever twenty forty something it's classic. So it's it's the equivalent of like yeah driving a car that's like yeah. you know fifty years old. Yep. So it's like he's just a like a hipster basically. It's a good shape too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was also tells you how much money he makes. You know, mm-hmm. he's got all he's making a lot of money killing those peeps. That's another interesting little world building that this movie does. The state of vehicles. They all look. They, if I'm trying well, I mean, to think don't even to look, look, this. just think of the world that he drives through in that car. The world is poor people. A lot of people are not having a great time. People can't eat. People are stealing everything. The world looks post-apocalyptic and run His down. motorcycle looks like a pod racer. Yeah. yeah but like, but does. the world is like Sounds dirty. Like mm-hmm. The people there, there is a, there is a, uh, a great difference between the lower class and the upper class. And Joe has the money to not just have a vehicle, but have this unnecessary vehicle that's well maintained. He ha- dresses nice. He look at his apartment, his apart before they destroy it. Like his yeah. apartment's nice. They go to parties and clubs. Like he is not wanting for anything because of you know he is living that criminal life and, and making a lot of money doing so. Yeah. Um. But no, the the point I was getting back to with 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 Kid Blue and Abe, because so we are basically told that like. Abe, I don't know the story of young Kid Blue, but we were told with Joe that he found him at a young age and he was, uh, they, he basically robbed them. He, uh, I forget what, what place they say, but he robbed one of their, one of their fronts mm-hmm. and uh, the watch, uh, something with watches, right? So like a watch store or something. And uh, he saw something in him, decided to bring him in in the crew and put a gun, gave him something. And I love too that he never, 
at least with young Joe, maybe maybe old Joe says something at one point, but he never really like he never's like, yeah, he took advantage of me or whatever. He's always very grateful yes. that he gave him something to like, even if it was something terrible, yep. he gave him something to like actually care about and, and, and be involved in and feel important. in. Yep. And it, that never seems to go away. And it's weird because like when you look at it from the outside, you're like, yeah, it was murdering people. <laughs> um, but like he has that respect for him. Right. So my question is, is Kid Blue's dynamic, is it the exact same thing, but he just wasn't liked by Abe, so he never got the respect? Because I, when I first watched this movie, I thought the reveal was going to be that uh, Abe and Kid Blue were the same person, but it was old Abe. So like, So he gives... He cuts Kid Blue slack that he wouldn't cut other people, even though Kid Blue's an idiot and a mess up, mm-hmm. because it's his young self, and he idea. knows that like he's going to uh, grow into that. I kind of thought the same thing. That's actually. what I thought. And then there's that scene where he smashes his hand, and I, I thought old Jeff Daniels' hand was going to have a cramp or something. Like in the scene, like after that, they never have that. Now, even though he hit his hand with the hammer and broke his hand. It doesn't seem like Kid Blue's like, I can't use my hand like ever again. So like, I do think that was like still possible even after hitting like his hand with the hammer. Mm -hmm. But they never go that. They never say that. You know, I always had in my head that there was a parent relationship. That's what I said. The other option I was going to be like, is that his son? That's what I thought. But But now that I'm going through my memory, I'm like, I don't know if that's ever actually said. They never say that. So it's like, I think what it's supposed to be is that that's why Kid Blue doesn't like Joe is because... They both are competing for Abe's love. They both have similar stories, but Joe does well. He gets the job done, and mm-hmm. Abe likes him, and Kid Blue doesn't, and so he's jealous towards Abe. So I think it is a, like a tale of like two people that you know are on similar paths, but he resents Joe because, like I said, he gets that affection from Abe. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like that's what it is, but I really felt like the movie was going to give a reveal that like kid blue was like young like maybe like kid blue gets hurt or gets shot or whatever and then old dave like disappears or something like hmm. i don't know i guess that would have caused problems though there's because, a sequel idea man let's hear the story but, but of here's how, the problem who that guy is and I, what's I, his I, younger self doing you know why i think they can't do that i think they can still do the kid blue and him are the same but i think because you can you, you can you can take care of kid blue without killing him mm-hmm. you can you can you can close that storyline loop without killing him but the problem i think is like if you kill kid if kid blue dies and he is older jeff daniels that means older jeff daniels never came back to start the looper program so it's like i think that's why but like maybe that's not why but i'm saying i didn't really think of that the first time i was going through the movie Mm. but doesn't the movie do you know what i'm saying i feel like there is something there which is very possible that that's something edited out yeah or also, that's a remnant because he looks prior, like he could uh, be scripts. like Jeff Daniels. Looks like he could be an older kid. Blue. I know the writing process of Ryan Johnson. He he's not a three draft yeah. writer. He's a twenty seven draft writer. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible you're we, picking up. By on the way, remnants. we haven't mentioned this. We will say again for um, just because he's not here to say it himself. Um, if you've listened to a lot of our podcasts and you um, you know listen to the older ones and and you know uh, producer Nick. Uh, Producer Nick's absolute favorite director is Ryan Johnson. Yep. And now, while he did not love uh, his Star Wars adventure as much, I, either I'm not saying he hated it as much as the internet, but um, in terms of all his work prior to Star Wars, 
Like Nick was absolutely the only person that could rival that would be Wes Anderson for him. Mm-hmm. But it feels weird to do a Ryan Johnson movie and not at least mention that. You know, I, if I had thought of it, I mean, heck, I had two weeks to do it. To, I to invite invited him. For, him I mean, to be one. honest, uh, I'll just say this: I we don't know what the we're not saying what the movie is yet. But my pick for next week is also one of Nick's favorite movies. All right. Well, we'll so. keep that in mind then. All right. Uh, let's get into some things that we don't like about the film. I, the only one I even sort of had was the the coincidence with the second kid. Outside of that, I don't have a problem with this movie. So, oh, the the one I mentioned. I, okay. Dave said yeah. that he's got a few. Eric, do you have any? I've mentioned them. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really nothing stands out. I love this movie. Even the kid actor is good, man. No, that yeah, he's scary. Yeah, like. In scenes where he's not meant, he's not doing anything scary, just the demeanor they have. Like, it's almost like what I thought to myself while watching that kid. He would have been great in like a reboot of like The Omen or something, or like, you know, he he would have been like a great Damien. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he has this weird, ominous, like, demeanor to him that's kind of creepy. All right, Dave. Okay. So there's two things. The first one I'll bring up, and both of these things, I understand why they're in the movie, okay. but it's things that kind of I look at and I'm like, could this have been better without them? The first one is I like the science fiction movie where we're in a reality that could exist, but there's just one thing different. Okay. I do. Too. I think there is a hindrance here when you have the whole looper time travel thing going on and the telekinesis. Yes. Like the telekinesis part of things at first, like I understand the whole thing with the Rainmaker and what's going on and how he can be one man that takes out entire armies. Right. Um, But I'm like, could this movie have been better if they just focused on the looper time travel thing and didn't throw telekinesis in? As a super fan of science fiction, I disagree with you. Okay. As a matter of fact, that's what sent this movie it's over the, the line to me. It's the of those things that yes. really makes it like great. Where I, you know, I, I love time travel, uh, and I was wondering how this movie would even separate itself from other time travel stuff. And this, and it's it's a smaller aspect of this story. Yeah, this is not really Carrie. No spoilers. No. She's uh, <laughs> she's got psychic powers, uh, but uh, it's mostly a time travel film. But I, I as a nerd, man, I love the introduction to that. This is going to break down into uh, personal stuff. So there's no I'm not telling you that you're wrong. Right. I love that aspect. Yeah. Of it. And it's not enough, like I said, it's not enough to knock it down, but it's something that I did think about in my own personal. Opinion. Notice that they didn't put it in any promos. Yeah. Yeah. Very. No, true. I remember it being unexpected when we watched yep. it because we saw it like when it came out yep you we came over not, and watched this with a, me and my house right i don't remember maybe that was nick i don't know it's very possible it was nick i might one have of saw this one of you guys either. came over to my house uh watched it with me and my wife so um i i did so and when you talked about the, the the rainmaker aspect of it too so running that same through that thing through this filter and i feel like there's enough here for it to hold up so i you you talked about one thing being different and I, when you, I actually feel like maybe you're, the point you were making because you went into the remake stuff was kind of different. But I thought what you were trying to say is that like, that like not much is different between like changing of timelines. Mm-hmm. So I had an issue watching this, and I feel like it holds up that they are making an awful lot of changes to the past. Yes. And what are the ripple effects of that? Because we always see the movies about what the ripple effects are. But when you look at some of the people that it's happening to, 
Paul Dano's character has vast changes where he lives his whole life differently. That old man changes. So it's like he goes through. So Paul Dano survives that surgery, right? And he lives to be an old man. That's what we're like, you know, shown there, like, right? But he lives it differently than he would have. He's now has no limbs and has all this. You remember that scene in the diner? Huh? You remember the scene in the diner? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, but what I'm saying is it works because he's not affecting. Paul Daniel is already out of the looper program. We don't know what his life is affecting. And sure, the future is different for wherever he touched, but it really hasn't like affected that. And even the stuff with the Rainmaker, right? We're not told that the kid grew up and killed all these people all along and like all this stuff. Like he does, he they say he appears out of nowhere right around that time, right. like not long before, and starts just massively taking out and like joining all the houses and like all this stuff. So it's like he's not really like, you know, affecting much before that. But then like, so when we talk about the shooting of the kids, mm-hmm. there is that stuff where I'm like, I go, man, like killing people in this timeline, especially the wrong people. What does that affect? But I feel like they are people that like it wouldn't have really altered their future because what you don't want to have happen for mm-hmm. a movie time travel movie to, to hold up is you don't want to have something happen where it changes those characters. So they never came back in the first place. And that's where I said well, like the Abe thing, right? Right. Like you can't really do anything to to Kid Blue if Kid Blue is the younger version of Abe because then Abe never comes back. Correct. Um, I feel like those moments hold up. But um in terms of like that said that's why i think it rules out like that because you know you basically kid blue dies at the end of this you talked about like um stuff not like being good but like not being the way that you wanted it to be i think one of the i I thought of a negative right it's not a real negative but it is weak compared to some of the other scenes i really don't think that fight with him and kid blue is that great at the end it's over really quick he shows up quietly, by the way, on that bike. Mm-hmm. That bike comes roaring by, but they don't hear it coming like behind that truck. He just shows up. He's there. They have that little fight scene. He shoots the the ground a couple times, and then, bam, he shoots him, and Kid Blue's out of the picture. There is so much buildup to that battle between like Kid Blue being an antagonist. Yes. that is. It just felt really weird to me. I still love the movie, and I don't hate that scene, but I will admit, that scene feels odd to me because of how big of a character Kid Blue is throughout this film. Fair enough. I would also say that while I love the finale, it seems a little bit too low key for the events. Like the fact that just Bruce Willis just, just disappears. Out in the cornfield. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I guess that has occurred to me the uh, the couple times I've watched this is that yeah. the, the movie could have used a more visually dynamic finale. Uh, Dave, you had one more. Yeah, and basically it's the basis of the entire movie. Uh-oh. Why do they send people back in time to be killed? Oh, no, that's they make that very clear. Okay, yes. why? Uh, maybe I miss it. Do you, do you want to take this one? Well, uh, Eric might have caught more than me, but essentially something in the future makes it so that you, you cannot get away with murder. Yeah, it, you, it's near impossible at the timeline of when when they are sending people back. So like the thirty years in the future, kind of. And who knows? I mean, we don't know. We're not told what year in the future they start doing the time travel to send people back. But regardless, at that point, when time travel is invented, it's only used by the mob because the government's outlawed and and they just make it a technology not for use. But the mob, it's impossible when they kill someone to get rid of someone. So so the looper is just you're just seeing one little branch. What they what they what they 
are, are wanting to is like they're anyone that they're killing. It's not just, you know, because they're, they're, they're not killing them there. They're sending the people. You messed up with the mob. You get sent back. So most of the people that those loopers kill are not themselves. Mm-hmm. They're all these other people. Right. And, and they even say like, it, you know, he makes a quick reference to like something about something ID about tags, tags yeah. ID tags or something. Okay. But like it's it's just in the in the you think of like our world and just how increasing like surveillance is and it's like people well, can't people get away that create the perfect murder today get caught 20 well, years later yeah, I'm because saying, of people that like made it did a crime in the 70s are getting put away for stuff now because the the science and technology is advanced right so it's like it's 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 extrapolating that thought out is they cannot get rid of a body so the easiest way for them to do it is to send it back to Joe's time, young Joe's time, where he can go take a body. You see him take it to the incinerator. And it's also a body that nobody's looking for because that guy doesn't exist in that timeline. Right. So it's, Joe, uh, you know, they're, they're not missing old Dave because old Dave isn't from that Well, time. I get that. So, it, so that, that guy is missing. Like, you know, they, isn't it an awesome concept? It, it's an awesome concept. And that's why I said I'm not taking points off. How but- cool is the opening shot of this movie of just like a man... A blanket's like laid out. He's holding a gun. It's not even a gun. It's Something. a blunderbuss. Yes, it's uh, a and, technological like blunderbuss. So it's it's like that. it's like a, it's like it's old pirate blunderbuss, but it's all like you know like weird and like technological and stuff. What a way to start a movie, man. Yeah. And also, this is Dave. Just how uh, when you watch a uh, found footage film and you just have to accept the fact that they're just going to keep rolling the camera. Just accept. Sure, this. sure. And yeah, and I do. Yeah, but it's still, it's still in the back of my Fair head. Enough. My mind starts running with this time travel, and like, well, if that happens, then this would happen. No, I think that actually holds up. I think the core of what they're doing holds up really well. Like, it makes sense. Now, again, in that future, that guy went missing. The government may wonder where he's at, or his family members may wonder where at, but they never find the body. Well, and what I love though is that. There is allusions to it, but he does not try to truly explain it. There is some, it's not even hand waving him. It's just like, hey, man, in the future, we can't kill people. So we're going to have to send them back in time to do it. Like a lesser writer would have spent time trying to explain that. It is not important for us to know. What is important for us to know is in the future, the mob is sending people back to be killed in the Again, Asked. it's it's just the mob doing mob <laughs> things, but they just can't. It's easier for them to dispose of the body if they just add this little step to it. You know, they, what uh, a film! What a film, boys! This was this was a great one. Uh, one of the best films I think we've ever actually done. On this I love podcast. this movie. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, that was my pick for this week. Um, uh, it is sorry, sir. I do because this is an important question for me, right. Looper. This is maybe positive or negative for each of you. So I want to know: is this good or bad? Hmm. Does Joseph Gordon-Levitt's makeup? It's a positive. Distract you? No. Nope. Because you, if you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about, or if you don't, it, maybe people don't know Joseph Gordon-Levitt that have seen this movie before. They they adjusted his face with makeup no. to make him look like an older or to a and younger. Man, they did ask me about that. She goes, "Who is?" It? I said, it's "Joseph Gordon-Levitt." She goes, "Why does he look like a dollar store Joseph Gordon-Levitt?" <laughs> so I mean, does that distract you at no, all? I've always loved. It. I think they do a good job yep. of it. Yeah. But there are times when I watch it where I go, "That ain't." jgl hmm. so like I, I 
No, it's a young Bruce Willis. In the same way that people freaked out with The Irishman, where... Now, funny enough, I had that problem with The Irishman. But the problem is, is in The Irishman, they're not... Again, same kind of thing. He's not trying to be young JGL. He's trying to be young Bruce Willis, right? Right. So, like, in The Irishman, he's not trying to be young Robert De Niro. They're trying to make him look like a young version of the character that they're doing. Right. So, people would see it, and they go, it doesn't look right. I had that a little bit of that Uncanny Valley. Yes. Because... Like his chin is a little too dark and like it just, I don't know. I would say it's not a problem. It's not the way I look at making me not want to watch uh, uh, Jay Edgar, but it is it is something that I do notice. I feel you like. How many times we've referenced that movie with that makeup? But but here's my Have question. Have you actually watched no. that? I, no, because I saw the don't I saw you, the picture of him. Yeah, I don't yeah, watch I've that. never watched it. Yeah. Don't you think, because cause apparently he did it so well that even Bruce Willis would like be impressed that like he had copied his mannerisms yeah. and stuff. Don't you think that this movie so. could have got away without having to do that to his face? I know he wanted to do that. But you know what I mean? I can accept that he's just he's just a young. Bruce I would Willis. have accepted it, but I'll tell you what, man. You're I've just heard okay other people complaining is. about it. I have always thought it is a benefit to this okay. film. It's an interesting one, so it's like I don't know where you're going to well, fall. Because the it. idea that you could have CGI'd him, you could have de-aged him, you could have just hired somebody that looked much more like a younger Bruce Willis. Instead, they got a tremendous actor, and they put a little bit of makeup on him. But to make again, him look good. Uh, maybe and I'm different. He than copies the his mannerisms very I'm saying well. I can fall into the fantasy of 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 accepting the world that that's just a young version of him. Mm-hmm. They don't look so vastly different that I wouldn't have accepted it. But I think if I have to label it, I would say that's a negative for me because it's done. It looks good a lot of the time, most of the time. Mm-hmm. But the times that it doesn't, I notice. And I feel like that's a negative. So All right. it was just a weird one. I, I thought about bringing that up before we did it. So uh, in terms of the movie for next week, though. Yes, sir. Uh, so our final movie of the podcast, I, I put some thought into this. I didn't want to pick like a small one. There was uh, a few that batted around that I've wanted to pick, but I ultimately wanted to end with a pretty big, pretty big uh, popular movie. So for our last movie, we are going to do Stand By Me. Good choice, man. I oh, think it's about friendship. Choice. Yep. All right, so Stand By Me will be our episode for next week. If you did like this episode, and if you want to do us a favor, uh, you can go to your podcatcher of choice and give us a nice high-star review. We'd appreciate that. After uh, that, you can also reach out to us on any of the social media channels that we uh, currently monitor, which is Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, we have our email, qitapod at gmail.com. If you look at the podcast description, Eric always puts the exact spelling in there. For our movie next week, uh, it will be Stand By Me. And just so that everybody remembers, that will be the penultimate episode of the Queued Up podcast. It'll be the last movie yep. episode. We'll come back for one more after that where we just kind of talk about movies and uh, what's in the future and stuff like that. But uh, for next week, the final, uh, what I would consider to be normal episode of the Queued Up podcast is on Stand By Me. And until then, Queued Up. <laughs>